1: Hello everyone and welcome to Dilly Ding, Dilly Dong, the Leicester Mercury's Leicester City podcast. I'm James Sharp and with me today is Jordan Blackwell. We will discuss all the international stuff from the weekend and build up to the Premier League clash with West Brom coming up uh, a week on Monday. Um, before we get going, I have to have our customary message for our sponsors, uh, beer 52com if you would like to have a taste of eight international beers from around the world, um, all you have to do is go on to beer52.com and put in the keyword Leicester. All you have to do is pay the 595 postage in your packaging and they'll be sent to you. Right, on to the football. So, Jordan, this weekend was no Premier League action, which is always disappointing, um, but Leicester City did have quite a few players in international duty playing for their countries. For anyone that, that wasn't aware or wasn't keeping up to date with the, with the football, who was in action and what did they do? Yeah,
0: so it was quite a, a, a crucial um, weekend for World Cup qualifiers as um, uh, the, the final few games um, were going on. Uh, so there was uh, Daniel Amate, uh, he captained and started at centre-back for, for Ghana who was widely praised for his performance but they drew 0-0 and they're now out, uh, Egypt went through in their group. Mohamed uh, Salah scored a last-minute goal? Yes, right? yeah, uh, to, to win it for, for Egypt. Um, also in Africa, um, Wilfred Ndidi, Kelechi Iannaccio and I, Moussa, are all through. They, uh, they, only, they were looking pretty good anyway, but they, they got the 1-0 win they needed. Musa um, and Nacho are new substitutes, but Ndidi played pretty much the whole game. Uh, in Europe, Schmeichel and Denmark, they're through to the playoffs uh, after a, a draw with Romania, while uh, we saw Harry Maguire make his, um, mm. his debut uh, on Sunday night uh, for England. Yes, we'll get to Harry Maguire
1: and his debut in a moment, but first let's touch on Wolford and because there was a little bit of concerning news. Well, it looked concerning in that Ndidi was he limped off um, at the end of Nigeria's game um, with what looked like a hamstring injury. Yeah,
0: they were, they were, those were the reports that it was a, a hamstring problem. It was right at the right at the end of the game, um, and it the reports and the tweets about it seemed like it was you know. A, a, a a serious strain Mm. Um, but we've had word that Nigeria don't think it's too bad um, and it'll be at Leicester on Tuesday to have it assessed but they're not really expecting anything uh, too bad to come out of it so at the moment we don't think he's going to miss any Leicester games but obviously that assessment of the club will will reveal a bit We'd like to hope not wouldn't you because
1: at the minute as we're all very aware Leicester's central midfield options aren't exactly the um most uh, not, not the, the deepest at the minute. Um so if indeed it is if it is isn't, if he does miss the game against West Brom, then that would leave Leicester with what? Andy King, Vicente Abora and Daniel Amate, if yeah. you want to class him the midfielder as central midfield options. Hamza Chowdy maybe is coming up from a from the mm. youth setup, he's done very well for the development squad Premier League two player of the month nominee two months in a row so he could potentially step up but as we've seen Leicester do need Undidi to be playing don't they
0: yeah they do really because they need that that defensive aspect they need the the runner the guy with the stamina the one that's going to make the tackles and the interceptions mm. um, and he is the man to do it so I, I would suspect that if, if he doesn't make the West Brom game um, then I think we might see Daniel Amate uh, potentially come in but that's a that's a big if for now we 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 think indeed probably going to be okay hopefully so move on to big harry maguire
1: who caught up to the squad last time around but didn't didn't make any of the match day squads was just in and around carrying his clothes in a bin bag and <laughs> and being left out of the squad this time around uh made the bench the first time and with england having already qualified was given a run out um against lithuania in a back 3 and I, I mean, I, I, a lot of people were, were, were moaning
0: about England's performance. I thought they played okay, and I also think Harry Maguire did quite well. Yeah, I, I didn't think he did too bad. Um, I think we saw a fair bit of what we've seen him do for Leicester. Um, he was fairly confident in dribbling the ball out, and not pro- probably not quite as confident as he is with Leicester. Mm-hmm. He didn't go quite as far sometimes. He sort of offloaded it a, a bit earlier. But it was a, a lovely chip-through ball to Henderson to set up... Um, the penalty, um, and th- in general, his defensive work was was okay. There was a, that one slip in the first half mm. when he let their striker uh, get in, but other than that, he wasn't too troubled. But then you wouldn't really expect it to be troubled again, against Lithuania. But I think I think he did okay. Yeah, sort of I mean, there's a lot
1: of criticism about you know, England's performance, which I thought was a lot better than the one um, against Slovenia earlier on uh, in the week. The three at the back system I thought worked quite well. I thought they moved the ball. That one-touch passing in in midfield, and John Stones and Maguire bringing the ball out from the back. As long, as, I mean, Danny Ali kept getting tackled and looked a bit like Riyad Mahrez. It is worth me because he keeps running into trouble and not pass the ball. But I thought they were okay. I thought a bit of quality in the final third. But I think that change of shape was actually okay.
0: Yeah, and I think England do have the um, have the players to to prosper in that formation. I think with the centre backs that they used. Um, uh, on Sunday, Michael Keane and John Stones as well as Maguire, they're all capable of playing in that system. I think England have a lot of options uh, as wing backs. We know, we've seen yeah. how dangerous Walker and Rose can be for Spurs, but yeah. obviously there's Trippier and, and Bertrand and Cresswell who can all, all play in that position. So, um, yeah, certainly um, a good option for England. Um and I think this week we'll, we'll be debating whether it could be a, a good option for Leicester. Lovely little segue there into
1: yeah. talking about Leicester <laughs> City Football Club. Excellent work. So we've had, let's move on then to Leicester City from our internationals. And we've talked for ages. It feels like week after week after week we discuss Leicester being over in the midfield. Leicester need to change system. They might want to play three at the back. Do we think then Harry Maguire shown for England that he can play three at the back, and it helps? Him played to his strengths of bringing the ball out, and as we've seen so far the season, it's probably Leicester's best pass for the ball at the minute. Maybe Mara's aside. Is this a system that you can see
0: Leicester playing? I think they have the players to play it. Uh, I can't. I can't see Shakespeare using it. Not. Not at the moment, anyway. Um, I think they have the players. I think Maguire as we said, is 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 good enough to play in one of the, the wider positions of hmm. the of the three at the back, and I think the likes of maybe Dragovic, Amate, Fuchs, they could probably play in the wider positions. probably than you would have like Morgan or Huth in the, in the middle mm. of, the, of that back three. I think in Chilwell and Albrighton, they have players that are ready-made wing-backs. Mm. Um, you know, we've seen Ch- Chilwell, is excellent going forward, perhaps he needs to learn a bit more defensively, but wing-back allows him to get forward a bit more, and we know how good Mark Albrighton is and how diligent he is yeah. in defence. Um, so I think they would be perfect for that. And also... I think then you could play potentially play two strikers in that formation without having to have one drop deep, and so that might be the best way of getting Vardy and Di Achio playing together, but without having to tell one you've got to come back and, and play as a number ten because I'm sure both of them would rather be on the on the last man. So that's certainly something to consider, but yes. I can't see Shakespeare doing it just no, yet.
1: No, no, maybe not. But we can always dream and we can always yeah. speculate. Um, so let's stick with this three-at-the-back system for, for a little bit. We've moaned about Leicester being overrun in midfield a little bit. Um, if we play that system with three at the back, with two wing-backs and two up front, do you then need... Who then plays in behind them? Do you play an extra man in midfield to shore that midfield up because you've Leicester have been overrun recently? Or is that how you... Or do you put Mahrez in there in behind the 3 to give like an attacking 3 or okazaki in behind there how does that work and how do we kind of square that with the being over in
0: midfield see that is the issue i don't th- i don't think you would get around that i think you would end up playing um i think you would need to play a, a link man so either Mares or okazaki in behind two strikers um to ensure that there is some connection between the midfield mm. and attack i think if you were to play with Three central midfielders. I think then there would be too big of a gulf between between the midfield and attack. So you would have to stick with the two central midfielders. Um, maybe it wouldn't be so bad because they've got three centre backs behind yeah. them, um, and so there's not as much as pressure on the on the two. That if yeah. they do get overrun, there's still a man behind them. Yeah. Um, so maybe that that wouldn't be too much of an issue. But obviously the big issue with a, a formation like that is that because you've only got essentially two wide players one on each side is that you do get overrun out wide um, and, and that would be the big problem but, uh, and, but looking at the teams that Leicester have faced so far it doesn't seem like a lot of them have attacked down uh, out wide it seems that a lot of them have come down the middle Yeah, and so you will be shoring up the, the middle of the park and, and hopefully preventing the opposition get um, more chances and Leicester
1: usually as we saw in the title winning season right wrong, Leicester usually don't really mind the ball coming in from wide areas. No, they no. Usually, they, they usually just back
0: Maguire, Huth, Morgan to just clear it out if it comes in. Yeah, I think that in terms of balls in the air into the box. Yeah, I think they're they're pretty okay with those. I think we've seen a couple sent over to the back post or in you know, a Salah beat Chilwell yeah. uh, for Liverpool. Um, I think that the one issue is that you occasionally see because Leicester defence so deep. Plays will cross cross balls into the edge of the box, and there'll be kind of like a gap between oh, that, midfield and defence. Yeah, and that, that, that area on the edge of yeah, the box. Yeah, the opposition attacking midfield is sort of ghosted in, and, and they're able to get a shot away. So that, that's something that Leicester have got to be more aware of. Um, whether that need they need a formation change to to deal with that, but usually Leicester are okay dealing with crosses.
1: Yes, um, I mean
0: we're talking about formations quite a bit. I
1: know, Jordan, you've have been working this week on looking at potential systems. We just mentioned three at the back. Um, and you, also you, you say, and I agree that Craig is probably not going to switch away just yet. Even though a lot yeah, of people want it, it is to. a big departure going of to three co- of course it is. Yeah, what then are the the other potential tweaks to the system that Shakespeare could make
0: to try and get Leicester's season up and running? Yeah, I think the one of the the big problems over the past uh, over the first few games of the season is that. Leicester have almost invited the pressure on themselves because they've been unable to keep the ball for long enough. Yeah. Um, so we know Leicester aren't a possession-based team, they are a counter-attack team, but occasionally they win the ball back in defence, but because they're so they're trying so hard to break out quickly, they give the ball away straight away and they're, they're, they're back on defence Yeah, that's again. where
1: needy needs to improve a little bit. Yes,
0: but obviously we've, they're playing with, with the two men in midfield, you at the minute it's King and Didi and they're both probably what you would say better off the ball midfielders they've both got the stamina to last 90 minutes they've got decent positioning but neither of them you would say are particularly good on the ball uh, or certainly not um, uh, of what you would usually expect of a central midfielder Drinkwater yes um, a player of of Drinkwater's quality um, but if they were to introduce Ebora and make it a three and say put Ebora in behind Sit in front of the back four. He doesn't need to be as mobile as King and Didi or James if if, if James, when James is fit, um, and so the f- the front two can do all the chasing and the, the the pressing and the tackling, but then you've got a man there that's a lot better on the ball. Um, I mean, I know he's been been playing in a possession based severe side, mm. but his pass rate was always sort of around eighty percent, which is maybe ten percent higher than than King and Didi's. Oh, yeah. um, so I think. That might help Leicester keep the ball a little bit longer, enable them to get out, and then so they don't have to defend quite so much. The only issue with that then is that you have to drop one of the strikers, which invariably means Okazaki, because you're not going to drop Jamie Vardy. And then all of a sudden, you you don't have a link between the midfield and attack unless the wide men drop in a little bit. So, so, I mean, there there would be loads of things to to talk about because you're solving one problem and creating another. And that's the, the dilemma Shakespeare has.
1: Yeah, and it's quite a tough one. To be yeah. honest, um, I know every week we always do your. Uh, we ask readers to to pick the team on the yeah. little handy pick a team widget, and I know I often spend about <laughs> ten minutes yeah. thinking. Oh no, I, I like, go into it going. I definitely know which team I'm going to pick today, and then I'll pick the side. And go oh yeah, but I want him in. I want, yeah, I, I want Mora's in, but I can't. I need to get three in midfield here, and then I end up just I end up picking four four two with Shinji and Vardy up front. Like like Shakespeare does every time. Yeah, but like you say, yeah, they've got. Lots of stuff to consider ahead of um, ahead of Monday. I think the extra the extra couple of days are going to be quite good to give them yeah. a bit of a rest, really, and yeah, get, particularly get, after an incident. Exactly, break, yeah, too. and get up to speed, ready to to, to face West Brom. Um, anyway, so the formation's done. We can now move on to what it has been and is the biggest talking point, really, over the over the weekend, and that is the potential for. Leicester City's home game against Manchester United to be moved to Christmas Eve now it's quite a complex situation but I'll try mm. and explain it in as simple terms as we can Sky want to play at least one game on Christmas Eve that would that would involve moving some games from the 23rd Saturday to the Sunday Leicester is one of the games that Sky want to move however Leicester Tigers are already playing on the Sunday at three o'clock against Saracens, and there has been a rule for quite a number of years that Leicester City and Leicester Tigers cannot play at home on the same day mm. because of all the because of safety concerns, the number of people in the in the city, traffic, all that kind of thing. I mean, the last time we think that Leicester Tigers and City played at home on the same day was in 2012 on December 1st, I think it was, when Leicester played Derby and uh, Tigers played Bath. F- there were about 40-odd thousand fans in the city that day. 20,000 at each game, roughly. Um, however, this time around, Manchester United and Saracens, they're two games that will be sold out. That's around 55,000 fans mm. in the city. It's going to take a, a heck of a lot to do. So you, you'd think that... Originally, you thought this was, was just couldn't happen. However, developed over the weekend, it's believed that Sky have come to Leicester with um, proposals for this to happen. Leicester have spoken to, we believe, the police about this um, and in, in discussions about whether this can take place. I spoke to the police today, and they, they kind of, I hate to use the phrase, refused to rule out, but they wouldn't mm-hmm. go. In, they wouldn't go into details about whether it was going to be completely vetoed. They could have said, no, it's not going to happen, but they, they didn't. Um, but if it is to go ahead that means the tigers game would probably have to be shifted and that's on bt sport sky and bt are big rivals that so they would have to decide something to happen um it's christmas eve you're going to have to have a lot of stewards a lot of thing, a lot of police a lot of ambulances and we're not quite sure whether they're going to have the numbers so by the sounds of it it looks like uh, what they call the safety advisory group which is a group which can combines the emergency services, the council, the clubs, to discuss whether or not this can go ahead. And those talks are going on and are yet to be decided. But it, it, it is a possibility if all these boxes can be ticked. Now, that's quite complicated. In brief
0: layman's terms, is it a good idea? Um, f- I don't think so. Um, I don't think the fans think so either. No, and I think that's, that's after all, football is, for the fans, so I think the the fans' opinion is 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 the most important. If if after the 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 safety concerns,
1: oh, the light has gone off.
0: Where was the second? Continue, Jordan. Um. Yeah, so it's um, it it can be an issue clearly with the safety, but I think yeah, the fans have said, and I know fan groups have said, including the Foxes Trust, um, have said they're they're not keen on it happening. A lot of people have plans already on Christmas Eve. People always. Traveling around mm. the country to see family, uh, so that they're there on Christmas Day, um, and particularly for away fans, um, I don't know for Manchester United fans, they don't want to be getting back at, at you know a silly o'clock on, on, on Christmas Eve, on Christmas Eve evening. And I know we've we've done a, a, a quick poll on um, on the Mercury website, and it was around three quarters um, a fan said they wouldn't be happy if the game was moved from the twenty third to Christmas Eve, um, you know because because they will already have plans because the fixture list was released and it's always said 23rd and I know there's still a couple of months to go but um, Christmas is one of those things that that people do plan early
1: Yeah, and also, it's not like it's not like this is a a part of the season where games are kind of sporadic there's Leicester playing, I think it's three or four games in the space like ten days they've got the game on on the day before Christmas Eve then you've got one on Boxing Day then you've got one uh looking in towards new year it's a very hectic time and it's it's going to it's going to shake up the whole kind of fixture list and it's taking to take a lot of logistics to shift um and I just think it I can't see it happening um, my personal view is there's so much stuff that has to be sorted and it's and it's difficult to sort like we've said stewards and police and ambulances and shifting the fixtures of another sport on another TV station to make up for Sky, Sky have obviously got a lot of money and will obviously pay a lot of money for this to happen. We have to point out in this in this situation mm-hmm. that Leicester City don't really have a choice in this. Mm-hmm. If Leicester are told that their game is going to be on Christmas Eve, they have to they they have to go with that. They don't really have any um, any way of, of 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 saying no to that. Um, so yeah, it, it's a difficult one really, and one that I think is going to keep keep dragging on and like i said we've looked at at social media and things and most fans aren't happy with it because boxing day is the game is the day that you have that you have football on isn't it um but like i say we will we'll bring you more news on that as we get it um but i think that's probably a decent way to to finish off the podcast um we'll bring you any news as we get it and check back with us on our, our facebook page and on our website we'll bring you all the news coming out of leicester city And we'll be back later on this week for the next edition of Dilly Ding, Dilly Dong. Thank you.